0: Welcome to another sustainable wine blog podcast with me, Toby Webb. And joining me today is Eric de Saint-Victor, who is the general manager here at... um, Yeah, yeah, no, general manager. General manager here at uh, Pibonin and winemaker. Um, Yeah, well, I'm... Part of a team. Part of the the team, yes. Yeah, 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 sure. But your father uh... father bought this place, is that right?
1: Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. 40 years ago, uh, arriving from Paris with uh, no knowledge in wine, nothing, and just uh, trying to improve himself and to, to do uh, things out of wine, because he was a wine lover. So he said, okay, why not me? I, I could do it. But uh, when he bought the estate, it was not a big estate that I like now, and there was no uh, any, nobody, no technical people and everything. So he had to do it on himself, himself, uh, with my mother. So they started very... Very small uh, estate, three and a half, half hectares, and then Piparno increased uh, quite well uh, through the years, you know, many, a uh, lot of terraces to be built, uh, some new buying, some uh, renting as well, uh, etc. Well, from that time, and now we run
0: about 50 hectares. And you're producing how many th- how many thousand bottles a year of the little rent? bit less than two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you make obviously uh, this wonderful Bandol rosé. We've just had two two different bottles of. Um, no temptation to make a white wine. We do, we do make some yeah, white wine. White wine well. Yes, uh, Bernol is producing very few uh,
1: white wine mm-hmm. because uh, Bernol is a very warm place mm-hmm. in south of France and most of the great varieties don't like very much the sun. But as we are uh, here at Pibarno, we have some north faces mm-hmm. so we can plant some uh, white varieties uh, such as Claret and Bourboulin. Mm-hmm. And we produce here about 10% uh, white, but okay. mainly it's red. And then rosé, of course, we like rosé very much. Mm-hmm. And to make a good rosé, uh, it's very interesting because then you make very good bread as well. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you, you, you don't have the same needs in the, the grapes for the rosé and for the red. And of course, we do uh, about 10% uh, white, uh, right. which is fresh, um, a, bit, a bit salty. We're not looking for overriping a lot of flavors in the whites, but we are looking for a, a white that has some uh, good acidity, good length, and
0: uh, some saltiness coming out of the, the claret uh, grape. So you have the breeze off the sea, because they always say about Bandol, you know, has its face to the sun and its feet in the sea. Exactly. And and, and, and and listeners, if you get a chance to come here up to Chateau de, de Pivon, I encourage you. It's got the most stunning views, I think, of almost anywhere I've ever been in, in wine. <laughs> Um, and you seem to have this vin- these vineyards, the, your with for the whites opposite your domain, and then you have your other vineyards and it's kind of wonderful natural bowl with it a is. valley coming up from the sea, which I can see maybe channels the wind <laughs> wonderfully up, and then you're protected slightly from the mistral. Yes. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. The mistral is, is blowing uh, from uh, our back uh, on the top and it doesn't affect any, uh, instead, uh, except from uh, drying after a rain or something like that. And the sea is coming in, every night with some humidity and uh, the fact that Pibarnon is quite high altitude, about up to uh, 300 meters high, 900 feet, is very interesting because uh, in the next morning, very early, the, the humidity would dry up, dry out very quickly with uh, a little uh, uh, sunny wind, you know, not, mm-hmm. not a strong wind, just a sunny wind that dries everything. So it's cool nights. Good humidity, which is good for the for the grapes, and the temperature uh, getting down at night, and then uh, good heat uh, during the day. So uh, yeah, Mourved looks to uh, to be happy uh, here at Pivano. in altitude. We are only uh, here at Pibarnon, we, we are only at uh, 300 meters high, mm-hmm. but if you find some Bovette for instance from uh, south of Spain uh, such as uh, in Alicante or Jumilla, uh, to get the same uh, cool temperature at night they would go up to 900 meters. 900 meters? Yes, wow. but as we are probably about, uh, 900 kilometers north from them, or 600 kilometers north from them. Mm. Here at 300 meters high, it's about the same, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, So we have cool nights, late ripening, and no heat in the wines. That's important because we are so much in the south, ourselves, yourself from England, of course. But Morvedre in Bordeaux is very much in the north, Mm. so still in a cool
0: place. So we've tasted a number of your, your wines. What, could you describe for us, I mean, how would you describe the, the flavour profile of your wine? Let's talk about your main wine, say the 13 and the 12. Um, I think it has a wonderful combination of so many of the great elements of Bandol. Why don't you perhaps just, in your own words, tell us uh, how you think it... Uh, Try and describe.
1: I would say that when you uh, when you uh, you're, you're about to taste uh, a Mourvedre, a Pibarnon uh, wine, you have it in your glass, you're expecting some uh, some fruits. Most of the time, it's uh, it would be black fruits. Uh, it can be plum as well sometimes, which is so much more, a bit more brightful than everything. Uh, black fruits, uh, black currants and everything. Spices are coming up quite quickly as well, so pepper, um, uh, tobacco, uh, uh, this kind of stuff, you know, that is a bit crispy and makes the wine a bit more masculine and quite attractive. And around that, in the nose, most of the time also, you are getting quite quickly uh licorice. But it's natural licorice. So it's a nice combination between black fruits, spices, licorice, that makes it quite attractive. And uh, it's not sexy, it's, it has some sex appeal, I would say, because mm. it's quite masculine. masculine. Uh,
0: you, you described it earlier to me as a, a big man that can dance. Yeah, yeah, sure. Perhaps I'll explain what you, what you meant by that. I exactly. That's a uh, uh, I mean, uh,
1: Morvan is uh, is making wines that have some uh, some depthness, bigger ampleness, structure, bones, muscles, and everything. And and the more you get uh, that in your glass, the more you're going to be shy about shy about the the wine you, you get in your mouth. So if the soil can make that kind of wine a bit more uh, acrobatic or more, uh, not lighter, but more uh, aérien, a- arian, mm-hmm. uh wine, then it's kind of dancing uh, guy in front of you and uh, just just enjoy uh, mm-hmm. the, the big tall guy that is t- talking to you, but he's not uh, pushing you to your limits, he's just mm-hmm. getting slowly uh, in your... Uh, in the room and, uh, and mm-hmm. everything.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your sustainability work you've done here. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been organic for a while and, and you're now looking into or taking very seriously the notion of biodynamics I understand, is, yes. is that right? Yes, yeah, we started that uh, this year. <laughs> uh, at the beginning
1: my father and uh, Louis, uh, the, the, the vine uh, keeper, were starting everything so they had to make to build the terraces uh, with bulldozers and everything, they had to plant, they had to do everything. And then that was the first step. Then the second step went when we we said, okay, now we can can go through uh, organic uh, growing. So that's what we started uh, in 2004. Uh, Before, of course, there was not a lot of chemical, uh, but since 2004, it's 100% organic. And now after 10, 12 years, the new step is is to uh, is to be confident with the vines and everything, and say okay now we have the soil we have the vines they are getting older, uh, the balance is there it's been uh, it's been some years now that we have a good balance we have the knowledge of uh, of uh, dealing with the, the vines in such a way, so let's start some uh, buried uh, biodynamic is not uh, a blind, um, a blind uh, growing uh, with uh, praise every night. You know, uh, biodynamic is uh, is the idea that uh, if we work the soil on the good way to make it more uh, lively, more dynamic, then the plant will get everything it needs. Uh, through the soil and so that's the soil part which is very important of course uh, part Uh, for instance it's uh, 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 compost uh, during autumn or early in the year and then the lively part of the plant I mean not the lively but the aerial uh, part of the plant will also have some spray uh, which is uh, like Second, the homeopathy. You mm-hmm. know, there is a principle inside, but there is a lot of water uh, dilution, mm-hmm. and then you just spray. At the end of it, you just spray water, but it works. But
0: and how, how do you get started with this? So do you hire a consultant or do you read a book or no. how do you make that?
1: that the yeah. fact is uh, we were both interested with Marie uh, in, in such a way of, uh, of growing and the old uh, vine uh, manager uh, retreated uh, last year. And the new one is coming from Alsace. He's been in, in the area for about four or five years and he has some good notions about uh, biodynamic. So I mean it's a uh, convergence of uh, competencies and uh, and also ideas that would say okay let's let's start and let's uh, let's try that at uh, at Pilar. Okay. but it's uh, for us it's not a religion, it's uh, it's a belief, and it's uh, also a quite pragmatic uh, way of uh, of doing. We mm. don't want to. Uh, to put all in the hand of uh, biodynamic uh, God, you know, uh, we, we try to uh, to work on it um, on a kind of pragmatic uh, way.
0: And how how far do you do you feel that you'd like to go with biodynamics? Because it's kind of a spectrum, isn't it? And yeah. Some, some of the vineyard um, vineyards I meet will say, you know, they will um, use the natural solutions. They'll they'll bury the cow horn. Yeah. Um, others will, will it, harvest yeah. on fruit and flower days, or not harvest as yeah, appropriate, yeah. Uh, and look at the cycles of the moon. And you know, there's a there's an interesting point for me. in by now, it's where sort of science that I can understand becomes mysticism that I that I don't. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. where you guys are on that spectrum at uh, the moment. You know, we are starting. So of course, uh, we are uh, as well
1: as uh, as actors, we are also spectators of it. So uh, of course, we start slowly. And uh, I don't think we'll go to uh, a lot of, uh, come say uh, high spirit and uh, and hare Krishna uh, style of, uh, of vine growing. Uh, Fit in the ground still. I mean, we are we are also uh, on the ground. So uh, we we are we are looking for uh, fruit days and everything. We are, of course, we, we we start to deal with so many things. But then the final uh, the final cut is our. Uh, I mean uh, um, our observations and um, our taste as well. I mean, if you grow organic, it's it's okay, but most of the time it doesn't show in the wine. But when you start biodynamic most of the time, we will see here, but most of the time it shows in the wine. It's the only way of growing uh, the vines that you can, you can notice when you taste uh, a wine. So that's very interesting because there is a gain of uh, acidity, the pH are lower, um, the vibration of the wine is, is higher and so on. So that's a kind of goal, you know, for us as well. And also it's a new step because otherwise if we stay organic like that, we don't move. To stay where we are we've been coming from so far 40 years ago from almost nothing that uh, biodynamies is, is this kind of new step for us as good uh, very good winemakers very good uh, vine keepers uh, a lot of um, we, we have a lot of background now, so we are looking for something new, but in a very fine way. We are not uh, crazy. I mean, we will not crash the car. We don't want to crash the car, of course. We of just course. want to, to let it go. And that's how also in the cellar, uh, we are trying to, um, to observe and to uh, do experiences with aging as neutral as, as possible. Mm-hmm. So long-aging in you know, oak and so on, or some, some others, but very neutral. Uh, to, to let the wine show up, I
0: mean, the character is there, it's, it's in the bottle. We are not the character, the character is in the bottle. So that's cool. the most interesting. OK, thank you. One final question. Um, there seems to be a difference of opinion among... Winemakers and vineyard owners that I know around here about whether harvests are coming earlier than in the past, and if that's linked to, to climate change and things getting hotter. Some some people I meet say they're harvesting two, three weeks earlier than they were, you know, some decades ago. Um, someone else we just met this morning said no difference at all in his 50 years. In Banda. Um, so, uh, what, what are your views? <laughs> I don't know who you meant this I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it was all, afterwards. But I mean, what, what are your views on this, Murray? Um, if you have a view as well, I'd, I'd be interested to hear for the listen so Maybe you could uh... come towards the microphone. So, this is Murray works with Eric as part of the team here at uh, Pibano
2: well, uh, yes, I think we are harvesting uh, earlier, if I hear what uh, the stories here of uh, Pibarnon, uh, the father of Eric, uh, used to uh, harvest uh, middle of uh, October until uh, <laughs> sometimes in November. <laughs> yeah, <it's
0: pretty> Carry on. <laughs>
2: in November, so now it's more like uh, in later vintage we are finishing middle of uh, October which is when the father of Eric was starting vintage so I guess yes, there's uh, the climate changing but I think also there's two other uh, uh, points Um, I think the style of wine are slowly, slowly changing and the consumers have got different uh, tastes Uh, so pushing us to pick also a, a bit earlier but it's also our, t- our taste and also I think the, the viticulture is evolving, and maybe the vineyards are getting earlier uh, uh, ripe.
1: It's true that uh, in the 80s the ripening was almost too late, almost too late because it was late October, beginning of November. Then you take so much risk you know with the rot and everything the ripening is not totally complete and so on. Now the riping is a bit earlier. And thanks God it is because uh, uh, when we do the harvest, we have the feeling that uh, the, the, the grape is fully ripe. Uh, in Bordeaux, we never had the, uh, the possibility to uh, add some sugar. You know, chaptalization was always forbidden. Uh, so we had to wait so, so long and so. And now maybe two weeks uh, earlier, great. Great! It's riper. Everything is ripe at the same uh, period, and that's that's uh, really cool. Yes, the the alcohol content is a bit higher, but maybe half a degree or half a percent or maybe one percent. So instead of 13, it would be 14. But the shape of the wine is so uh, great, graceful, and so on. And and last of it, uh, Mourvedre in Bordeaux is still in the north. Mm -hmm. We are probably much northern. Uh, feeling when you taste the wines, that uh, most of the wines in the south of France that you can taste uh, with some Grenache, some Syrah, etc. Morel is still very much in the north elegant because late ripening, which Mm -hmm. is
0: very important in in the wine uh, itself. I guess. Great, Robert. This has been fascinating. (laughs) Eric Murray, thank you so much for your hospitality and your time today. And listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we'll have more published soon uh, here in Bandol. So thank you, everyone. (laughs)